and you there's a saying do you follow the saying where there's no such a thing as you either win or you learn do you follow that sort of quote say that again with you, the mistakes you've made or things that have happened that haven't gone your way do you follow the mantra of um you win or you learn oh yeah absolutely absolutely as long as it's you're doing something again it's it comes back to pushing in the right direction right if you're pushing in different directions every day your car is not going to move forward right if your car is broken down you have to push forward in one direction and you, as long as you're pushing forward to your goal and you're you know who you are you know what your goals are that is key you know what your niche is and you know who your audience is it doesn't matter you can experiment within that niche like i can i can do a podcast i can do a video one day i can do a course i can create a paid course i can do a create a free course i'll send a free email to my newsletter uh, subscribers uh, with with a lot of great value but it's even though i'm not doing just one thing all the time i'm able to it's still all within the context of what i do Hello everyone and welcome to the Marvin's World podcast. A podcast where we speak to let's just say amazing, scintillating and turquoiseous fantanasium and brilliant people. People who will help people like you and me make what we love a full-time job. If you like the podcast, subscribe, like it, share with your friends and give us a review on iTunes. If you don't like the podcast, well, sorry, <laughs> and share and just share it to anyone you hate. <laughs> Now, today we have a man who is a, let's just say he he is a master of many different fields. He has been an entrepreneur for over ten years, where he covers podcasting. He's an author, WordPress developer, digital marketer, business coach speaker and to add some salt on top he is an amateur ventriloquist please welcome ravi jaya gopal perfect hey marvin thanks for having me pleasure to have you here how, how are we doing today <laughs> fantastic given the circumstances doing as well as we can no complaints and I was just speaking to you earlier like before we went live but you said that you you've lived it unlike a lot of us you've been unaffected largely through the pandemic because you've been working at home for for most is that right 10 years as an entrepreneur yeah so i'm actually i've been an entrepreneur for 25 years but i've been a full-time entrepreneur for the last 10 years i've been uh -huh. working from home before uh, my business was a side gig on nights and weekends and uh working on the train to new york city and working uh, when i take my kids to ballet or swimming lessons or basketball whatever it is there's always the guy the one annoying guy with the laptop uh doing something on his you know on the laptop and uh, trying to make sure uh, nobody is like going too crazy <laughs> trying to peek at my my next uh billion dollar book or whatever it is so that's how i used to do it uh, for a long time uh, and uh but i've been full time for the last 10 years 2010 we my wife and i we both quit our lucrative jobs in new york and uh and moved to san diego california and we've been here working from home ever since so uh it hasn't uh, covid has you know obviously it has impacted us to a certain extent but not as much as a lot of people Uh, we've been blessed because we don't have to we are not the frontline workers we are not the healthcare providers we don't have to put ourselves in risky situations we get to uh, work from home we have you know uh, both of us have separate offices and we have a computers and high high speed internet connection and uh, uh, that's pretty much all you need to to do what we are doing uh, an online business so we're blessed that way that uh, we have uh, not had to worry about finances or or having to go outside and deal in a, you know be in a crowd where you have to working as a as a waiter or 
healthcare provider or frontline worker or delivery worker, they are all putting themselves at risk. We are not, so we're blessed uh, for for that. Thankful for that. And so work from home. The the biggest impacts have been not being able to go to the mall on the weekends. My wife misses that, and just um, going to restaurants and occasional every couple of months we used to take a mini vacation somewhere in California. We're not able to do that. We used to go watch, go watch basketball games. A uh, couple of times a year, we can do that and movies and stuff like that. But otherwise, for the most part, uh, we, we manage pretty well. Uh, and and the kids are home, so we're having a great time as a family. One question I want to ask you, who is your basketball team? <laughs> oh, right now it's the Lakers because uh, I'm a huge LeBron James fan. My whole family is. We are, we are, I call myself LeBron James's second biggest fan uh, of all time. There's one guy uh, on, on television, he's, he's a bigger fan, but uh, that's how much we love LeBron. And we've always gone to follow whatever teams he plays for. So right now that's uh, the Lakers. And we're happy that he came to uh, LA because we, we went and watched a couple of games because he's local here. Um, now it's LA is like two hours away. So that's, that's perfect. Yeah. It's, I, I, I'm a big fan of Kobe Bryant. Like his work ethic and his determination oh, yeah. is incredible. I've never heard anything like it with Kobe. Yeah, Kobe, rest in peace. Uh, we always had a love-hate relationship as a LeBron fan because he was always uh, pitted against Kobe as one of the all-time greats, right? So there's always this uh, sports uh arguments and sports hating um not the person but you know the, the fact that they were always competing and we were all hoping for uh, a lebron kobe finals it never happened um and now uh, lebron came to the lakers and he's carrying on kobe's legacy and Shaq and everybody else so it's it's perfect yeah and it was amazing like you the la lakers won and i think it was a very long time like since they'd won again like yeah, this like, year like uh, 2010 was the last time they won a championship. So it's been 10 years. Oof, yeah. Dent, Dent made the playoffs in eight years. So, what, I mean, what, what we, I think Kobe's death sort of galvanized all of them, didn't it? Like really sort of. Yeah, we all cried. My family, every, all of us cried and it was shocking. My daughter, she uh, woke us up early in the morning saying, just early for us, but uh, saying that uh, Kobe Bryant passed away. It was absolute shocking and it was, it was it was really sad, and you know, um, as as Lakers fans, we will never get over it. And as always, we're seeing fans paying tribute to him all the time on Twitter and social media and everything. And we just follow along and uh, think about him and uh, his daughter and all the other people as much as we can. And on top of that, I mean, how do you feel about Michael Jordan then? Because <laughs> he's he's it's it is the big debate at the moment, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to fall. I'm one of the few um, very sensible LeBron fans where I will accept that LeBron, you can argue uh, for that he's the second greatest of all time and I'll be fine with that. I don't have to, it doesn't have to be over Michael. Um, it's just very hard for a lot of people, even though LeBron is going uh, to win like, you know, majority of the arguments in, in terms of stats and everything else, but uh, you cannot beat the 6-0 that Michael Jordan had. So I'm fine with uh, LeBron my guy being uh, second greatest of all time. <laughs> and so, I mean, with you being such a big basketball fan, has, has he been a hero, though it's, has he been a hero in terms of your journey into building up like where you are now? A little bit, yes. Always uh, look at inspiration for, you know, if, if somebody who's at the top of their game probably the most recognized athlete in the world, you know, maybe a soccer player or two aside. And uh, the kind of, you know, billion dollars he's probably made over, he's going to make over his lifetime and endorsements and everything else, if he can put in that kind of work. So sometimes looking at that does uh, inspire me uh, and my family and we talk about it. And so, yeah, in a small way he, he does. And the stuff he does for social justice and not worrying about how many fans he'll lose or followers he'll lose by, uh, speaking up against a p political party or a person or the president or whoever it is, he doesn't care about that. And uh, that's also very inspiring that, you know, um, he, he, he doesn't, it's not because Michael Jordan once famously said, when uh, asked why uh, he won't uh, speak up against Republicans, he said Republicans buy shoes too. So uh, 
so LeBron is not like that. He has uh, risked a lot of uh, potential loss of sponsorships and everything else in, in speaking about social justice and everything else. And so that also inspires us. And that is that, so you've been an entrepreneur for 25 years. Is that part of your motivation for like being an entrepreneur, like to be your own boss? And so you don't have to sort of deal with certain types of things. Oh, hundred uh, percent. Growing up, my, my father, he was uh, an Indian film legend. Uh, he's no more. Both my parents are no more. And uh, so I grew up with my father uh, working from home a lot. He used to write uh, stories and, and lyrics, song lyrics for, for Indian films. And uh, he's got, got the presidential award and he was like a very, very big shot uh, back in his day. And even today, you know, when I go back to India, thousands of his fans will they see if they find out that uh, I'm, I'm his son and they'll, they'll come up to me and say, you know, what a great person he was and so on. And I saw him working from home. He was always there when I got, came back from school, you know, to ask me about my day and spend a lot of time with me. And sometimes he would just uh, go to the movies on a weekday. You know, everybody else's dads, they used to come seven, eight, nine, ten 10 p.m. in the night and they didn't have time to talk. My dad was always there. Um, he never did not have time um, for me. How much of time I wanted, he was, he was available. And I, I kind of saw that how he controlled his life and he did everything on his own terms. He, he took vacation whenever he wanted. Um, and, you know, even though we were, I'd, at one point we were lower middle class, I, I would say. So we didn't have a lot of money for, for big vacations, but even the small ones, you know, uh, he could work on the road whenever he wanted. All he needed was back then uh, no computers and stuff. So he just had a, a paper pad and a, a pen or pencil and he could do his work from anywhere. And uh, he, would he would just go make a phone call from the local uh, phone, phone machine, like a booth or something. And he could get his work done wherever, whenever. So I saw, all those things influenced me. And I said, I, I, want, I want that for myself. I want to be home. Uh, work from home. I don't want to work for anybody. I want to work for myself. I want to own my own time. I want to own my freedom. I want to be there when my kids come back. Um, you know, much to their chagrin, because they they are not always thrilled that their parents are always home, so they can't get into much mischief. Um, right from the younger uh, childhood days, they were always home, so we literally had to. They had to tell us, okay, my birthday is coming. I'm going to invite a few friends. You guys need to get out of the house. So we literally, they had to kick us out of the house because we were always in the house. So it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun uh, being able to work from home, having the freedom to go for a movie on you know, a Tuesday afternoon, matinee show or whatever. Um, go just pick up one day afternoon, middle of the week, Wednesday, noon, just get up and go to the beach. So I wanted that kind of freedom. And that's that what uh, motivated me the whole time. Yeah. And, that's, and and now that you are free, how does that feel compared to before? How, how much do you appreciate it because of your experiences from before? Oh, yeah. It, this tremendous amount of appreciation. Every day I wake up and, uh, you know, I have to just take 10 steps, go downstairs and bring food back up to my computer uh, watch some some news or YouTube clips or, or read some articles, uh, Google News or whatever, and and have my breakfast and coffee and at, at you know 15 minutes after waking up compared to before I was waking up when I, when I was working in New York City, I used to wake up at uh, I had to wake up like 4:45 uh, a.m. in the morning, and I'm a night person. I hated waking up uh, um, in the morning. Leave alone at 4:45. So 4:45 I had to work. I had to get up so I could leave home by about 5.15. And then the train was like 5.30 in the morning. It would take about 45, 50 minutes to get to New York City. And then from there, get down, switch trains to the local subway, two subway station, you know, hops, and then walk for 10, 12 minutes. And then by the time I got to my desk and had my bagel and coffee, it was literally like, you know, two, two and a half, three hours later. So now it's 15 minutes later after I get up, I'm having my breakfast and I, I don't have to change my clothes, nothing, you know, 
just wearing sh I, I haven't uh, changed out of shorts and t-shirts uh, for the last 10 years literally one time i i wore like formal pants um when my um my sister my brother-in-law was here and his kids and everybody at the there were little kids they're all like look 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 ravi uncle is wearing full pants he was wearing pants they've never seen me wearing pants they always see me wearing shorts you know that's that's the kind of i always enjoy uh, that feeling that you know they've never seen me at any point of time having to wear formal clothes um I'll wear dress shoes or whatever it is so it's been absolutely <laughs> perfect uh life in, in terms of freedom and uh doing what i want when i want and 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 being able to schedule calls like right now it's uh 1:30 a.m. in the morning here in san diego and um that's because i work up to five o'clock i go to bed like around five five a.m and i wake up around 12 30 in the afternoon so you can't imagine you know obviously if you had a night shift i guess that would be kind of your schedule but to voluntarily have that kind of schedule is is something that's you know i'm very grateful for that what, what have been like your struggles in getting there like how I mean, you, you, you and your wife are quite well, you said, what, what did you, you, you and your wife used to do? Like, what, how did you guys struggle along to get to where you are now? We were both software architects, um, both worked for Fortune 10 companies. And uh, so back in India also, I, I, was, I was doing programming. And that's how I came to the, to the US in, in the year 2000 during the Y2K and uh, the dot-com boom that people, a lot of dot-com companies were hiring um, because everybody wanted to create the next big uh, uh, dot-com giant. So a lot of people were hiring and that's why both of us are computer engineers. So we were, we both started off as programmers then we became senior programmers then we became architects and then we were leading teams um, and so on. Uh, so that that's what we did for, for a living and it took, and I had been creating websites even back when I was in India. My first website was, uh, my own website was in 97. I created a website about Indian baby names because my wife was pregnant at the time with our first daughter. So I wanted to, I didn't have any a good name. So I said, oh, let me create a website. And that's how I started. And at every point, there's always, you know, different types of challenges. Back then, because I was in India, I couldn't even get a U.S. merchant provider to accept me as a merchant, uh, as a vendor to accept credit cards because I was considered high risk. There was no PayPal at the time. So it took a, I was paying like $10 transaction fees. So if I sold something for a dollar, I would have to pay $10 to the, so I would have to charge at the minimum $11 uh, and $10 would go to the merchant processor as it's just the transaction fees too. So to give you an idea, PayPal charges you 30 cents per transaction now. So I was paying $10 per transaction. So I had to charge like $18 for a $2 book that I was selling and then shipping was another $10. So I literally had to charge like $28 for, to ship a book from India to the US. So that's, that's what, that was the initial challenge. Technology was a challenge uh, in the beginning. Um, and then once I moved to the US, uh, having to hold a job uh, because you have to hold a job for about five years. You have to hold the same job with the same employer for about five years so that they can process your green card. And that was really hard post 9-11 because a lot of people were losing jobs and I had to switch, voluntarily switch jobs before uh, something went, went happened to the company. I, I would get an idea that something is coming. They're going to lay off. So I would have to switch. I switched like three, four times and that threw off my green card. So what normally would have taken, you know, five years took me about 10 years to get my green card, which is basically around the time we, my wife and I both quit uh, our jobs. Uh, oh. Nine years or so into, into because we got a green, green card, which means we can now start a full, full own business. You don't have to necessarily hold an, uh, be an employee, employee and work for somebody because they had to sponsor the green card. And once we got a green card, it was like literally being released from shackles and getting out of prison. And uh, so 
you were able to, yeah. And then, so in the early 2000s, again, uh, for me, having to do this alongside a job was really hard because a couple of the jobs I had was very, very demanding. And I had to work, uh, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, which means there's so little time to work on my side business. I had started a, uh, a PHP scripts business at the time uh, called Webmaster in a Box. And um, I was selling PHP scripts, but the problem was I didn't have time to, to work on the website. And it was all a little bit uh, time here and there, a few hours here, a few hours there, wherever I could steal it. I was sleeping four to four and a half hours a day. Uh, it, was, it was taking a toll on my health and mental health. It was very stressful because I was determined to build up a bit, enough of a cushion from my side business so that when I quit, you know, it was, I didn't have to start from scratch. So it was a lot of losing sleep for. Hmm. And that's a sacrifice, I suppose, you've got to make. You froze. You can't watch two hours or three hours of Netflix a week. You know, no Netflix on the weekends. Of course, there was no Netflix back then. Um, we used to get uh, blockbuster videos and um, <laughs> I could watch maybe one movie a, a week, uh, weekend, and that was it. You know, a couple of hours, like an hour, I used to watch TV shows more back then. And you have to give up on all the nice to have and all the, I would love to do this, all the, the uh, time pass things, time pass activities, hobbies. You have to give up on everything because you're literally, you know, there's this, the story of this, uh, this boxer, uh, heavyweight boxer, I forget who it is. Uh, he had been training. He was in the heavyweight class. He wanted to come to the lower class so he had, so that he would have a better chance of winning against the, the boxers because he was outplayed in his class. So he wanted to lose weight and come, to, come down to a, low, a lower level. And he trained and he ran. And, he, and the last day comes in the day of weighing in. He's still a few pounds overweight. So he is going into the sauna, he is sweating it out. He is, and then finally, uh, he was just like a few ounces or something uh, over, then they shaved his head, you know? So you're like trying, like, it's like that. Uh, you're trying to shave off every little thing that you can from your life. Where else can I get, you know, when, you, when things get uh, desperate for money, right? You go looking for coins in, in your couch or in your car under the seat uh, to see whether you, you have a few uh, cents here and there. So that, that kind of desperation, where, where can I find 10 minutes today? Where can I find two minutes today to do this or write this blog post or write this, um, this piece of code? Uh, I was writing code next to my, my, my parents' deathbeds. Uh, so because I, I went to India to, because they were sick and uh, the whole time I'm in the hospital, I'm working on my laptop I'm sitting by their side and doing all the things I need to do. And at the same time, um, creating, working on my business and attending to customer service requests and emails and support. So when you're a solopreneur and you're trying to build something, there's an insane amount of sacrifice that goes along with it because not everybody has the, uh, will have the fortune of just walking into your, your, um, your, your employer one day into your office and saying, I quit. And then, then try to figure out what you're going to do. You have to have something, you have to hit the ground running because the, the day you quit, you lose, uh, you know, for a lot of countries, this may not be like Canada and UK insurance is not a problem, but in the U S uh, insurance is very expensive health insurance. So, which means the day you quit your job, you lose your health insurance, which means day one, your, expense is going to be about 1500 to $2,000 a month just for the medical insurance. Well, right, right now I'm paying like $1,700 or something, probably even more, closer to $2,000 including um, health insurance, dental, vision, you're paying for all of that. So day one, you're, you're in, the, in the red. You start by with a minus 2000 uh, and then comes all the expenses and the, the house stuff and uh, the 401k is gone because you're no longer getting a 401k. So every single thing you have to anticipate and you just can't afford 
if you have family and if you're single, it's easier. But if you have family and kids and um, things to worry about, then you can't just say, I'll figure it out. You have to figure it out ahead of time. You have to have a certain amount of cushion for the first few months. You have to save up, which means you can't be spending money uh, on, you know, Starbucks coffees and lattes. You're, you're trying to save every penny. Uh, you're pinching pennies. You're, you're saving every second of time you have. You're, you're sleeping less. No um, fun, fun activities other than what you have to do with the kids and family, but nothing for yourself. You're not, no hanging out with, with uh, guy friends and, and going to the bar or hanging out. It's like everything shave off, shave off. What, what else can I cut? What else can I cut? Because you need every, every dollar for your business. You need, to, you need every minute for your business. So it, it's all a lot of sacrifice. And a lot of, yeah, it's the same with acting and the same with a lot of creative endeavors. People see the golden nugget at the end and they see, oh, it's a nice life. And I think there's this same sort of thing with being an entrepreneur. People see, oh, they see the nice cars, they see the nice girl and they see the big mansion. And they think that that's what living the entrepreneur life is like. They don't look at how hard it takes to get there, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's the saying, I forget the exact quote, uh, when you look at a celebrity so or, or anybody else who's uh, successful in their field, they say, don't compare your day one to their day 10,000 you know, or, or something to that effect because they've already put in 10,000 days of whatever and you're comparing your day one and saying, how come they're so good? How can, how, how can, how can I not be there yet? Because you, know, you haven't gone through the journey they only look at the finished product. They don't look at the, yeah. the mess and the ugliness in the kitchen and the heat. You know, they say, if you can't stand the heat, uh, get out of the kitchen, right? So you literally have to go through the heat to, to make a good dish. And what, what would you say is the amount of, what do you think someone needs to be happy in life? as an entrepreneur or just in general, like you said, of course, like freedom, but like a lot of people say, Oh, I want to have this. I want to be a star. Or I want to be like Elon Musk or whatever, but it's not about that. You don't need that. You just need a little thing. Like if you, if you, I mean, and what would you say those little things people should aim for? It's difficult because everybody's uh, goals and ambitions are, are different, right? Somebody, their life may not feel fulfilled if they don't act in a, I don't know, like a TV show, right? Or a movie, right? Their goal or get into the NBA. Um, so they may all have their different goals. My goal was, even though uh, it, it took a lot of time and hard work to get there, my goal was really very simple. I want to work for myself. I want to be in a business. I do something where I'm in a business and I wake up in the morning and I decide what I want to do. And obviously, I still have to make money at the same time. And, uh, and I want to be able to decide today, I'm going to write a few chapters of my book. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a few videos of my course. And the day, I'm going to do SEO. And the day, I'm going to do something else. So I want to be able to pick and choose. But not everybody you know, has the same goal. So I guess you have to be comfortable. You have to know who you are. And so if I set myself, right, I'm 5'8 in height. And I'm uh, probably about 20, 30 pounds overweight. And I don't care how much, how hard I work. I'm never going to make, be a sports celebrity, right? I'm never going to get into the NBA. <laughs> I'm never, so you have to know your limitations and you have to set, you know, you, you, you can set out, you know, outsized goals, massive goals, but those, those have to align with your talents, your skill, your, uh, your DNA, I, as a as a person who's not tall, not not athletic at all, and and old, I can't get into the sports sports star. But and does at the same time, I also I, I love playing chess. I don't care if I dropped everything and played chess for the next three years. I wouldn't still not become a grandmaster because yeah. I I just don't have, you know, I don't have the the photographic memory, the kind of thing you have you need. I, I'm a is reasonably good. I'm a fourteen hundred rated player which is decent um, for, for the average uh, person, for the average dad, I would say, right? Um, but it's not, a, it's not something I, I, can, I can ever excel at. It's not something I can turn into a profession or a career. 
So I have to know, you have to combine, okay, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What, what are the kinds of things that you're really, really good at? And is that something you can do uh, and make a living at? So you have to, um, I, I call it the, uh, the golden intersection. Um, it is the intersection of uh, what, are, what are your strengths and weaknesses? What kind of products can you create? Uh, do you, is there an audience for it? Will they pay for it? Can you reach them? So there's a few things that I, I go over in that, that you have to figure out your golden intersection and you have to, to find your niche and everybody else has their own niche. So you, it's just a matter of trying different things. And I have a saying um, that uh, um, I, I tell my kids this too, uh, when you're young, say yes to more things. And you, as you get older, say no to more things. <laughs> Because as, as when you're younger, you have the luxury of uh, not having responsibility of a family and kids and uh, bills and everything else. So go do 25 different things, you know, if you can. Obviously, if you're, if you're blessed to in a situation where things are, are safe and, and healthy and, and financially sound around you, then I tell my kids, do, do a whole bunch of things. Write a book, uh, do this. My, you know, my son, um, he my 17 year old uh, recently during quarantine this was in may uh, between april and may he wrote a book he wrote his first book called side income simplified so because he was doing podcast editing for others he was doing video editing he was doing ebay selling and amazon selling so i told him to put all that into a book and he, he wrote a kindle book and published it within a month and so you have to try out a lot of different things because you don't have much to lose and you you have your parents to fall back on and you have a roof over your head. But as you get older, once you know what you want to do and as, as you're trying to figure out how to get closer and closer to your niche and to your goals, you have to say no to more things. You can't say yes to everything that comes to your mind because I would rather, some days I would rather play chess for 10 hours a day. I just can't, you know, um, especially after watching the show, uh, The Queen's Gambit, you know, it just triggered my, my, <laughs> passion even more and now I, I i went from playing 10 15 20 minutes a day to now close to two hours and i'm trying hard to to get over that uh, obsession because i have so many important things to do and i'm wasting time so uh last couple of weeks i've not been very productive but i'm trying to uh, use rescue time and other things to make sure i stay on track so yeah it's constant it's a constant struggle you have to you have to keep at it and only you can tell what's going to make you happy uh, because you know some of the richest and most successful people in the world are miserable you know they overdose on drugs their career goes off the rails because they didn't know what to do with all the newfound celebrity this you know it's not an easy thing either way uh it can hurt but it hurts more when you don't have the money versus when you have too much money i can tell you that much not that i've ever had too much money but uh, i know that not having money is way 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 bigger problem um, compared to uh, having more than what you need. And would you, would you make of someone like Dan Bazilian? That Do you know him? Um, I don't believe so. He, well, basically, he's a man who... Actually, I'll show you a picture. I'll show this. He's, he's a man who claims to be a poker player, and his whole life is basically a lie. Like, he... He, he lives like the life of Hugh, Hugh Hefner and he, he publishes on Instagram. He's in, he's, he's 40 and he's like, he's got guns. He's got all these different things, but he fabricated this perfect life, like a 15 year old. And when the truth came out, it's, it's like, he's in massive debt. He's in big trouble. And like, there's all sorts of dodgy things going on. Like he didn't earn any of his money through poker, like he claims. It's just that his dad was rich, and he just earned it through there. But he yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, you know social media. There's a lot of fake stuff going on. You know, people uh, you can always constantly see this photos of uh, what they are, what they look like on Instagram versus what they look like in reality, kind of thing, right? Before and after. Uh, so there's always uh, so much staging going on on Instagram. The people's lives are staged. The pictures are staged. They take the perfect, perfect picture. 
which, which takes them three hours to take. And then the average person will look at that and say, hey, how come my pictures don't look that good? I don't look that good on screen because they just spent three hours and probably $30,000 in, in plastic surgery and everything else, <laughs> you know, they're trying to get achieve that look. So you can't just go by um, what other people are showing you because a lot of it is is not real. Yeah, but people like to believe that it's like a false lie, and it's. But, but when people live that sort of life in a way, it, what do you make of them? Because they, they're living on a basically a life on a lie and a false image. Yeah, I, I can't worry about that. You know, you, you can't worry. Spend time worrying about how messed up other people are. There'll be always be a bunch of messed up people. You, you don't have time to, to go into there or even think for a second. Why would anybody do that? Because it's a way. You, you, the, every second you spend thinking about somebody else is a second taken away from what you could be doing better. So I, I don't even uh, worry about those things. Mm. And what do you make of? So th there's a saying. A lot of people say that you. A lot of the times you can only be a master of one thing. And like jack of all trades or whatever but like you you've sort of gone past you're, you're not that at all like you've you, what you do is effectively in some respects even though it's not like 20 30 different things but you are sort of a master of different industries and like that is that's pretty impressive and that's yeah thank you uh when i was younger you know my, my parents raised me to say yes to a lot of things. So I learned uh, classical dance, I learned uh, hip hop, you know, Indian versions. It, it, it's the ugly Indian version of, of whatever, you, you know, it's not the same thing as what you think of classical um, or, or hip hop. It, it's like a, the Bollywood dance. And I, I learned that. I learned like three, four different instruments. Um, and I, I used to go for singing lessons. I used to, I went for swimming. Like, uh, you know, my, because my father was in the music industry, the film industry, he thought I could, you know, I've acted in a bunch of movies um, in different roles in a bunch of TV shows. So they raised me to uh, do a lot of things. And one day uh, a relative once said, hey, look at Ravi, he's, he's jack of all, master of none. So that really hurt because I could not, I was not a master of anything. I was not the best guitar player. I was not the best singer, you know, to become a, to, to become a professional singer, uh, or I did not dance well enough to become a professional dancer, whatever it is. But I, I knew 25, 50 different things. Okay. All those things helped me later on becoming an entrepreneur. Now, if I'd become a scientist or, or a doctor, I don't know, it would have been um, useful in different ways, but because I was an entrepreneur and a digital marketer, it helped me with creating videos and creating podcasts. I'd never had stage fright. I could go on stage and do anything. A lot of people I know have a lot of stage fright, but I never had it because growing up, my parents pushed me to do a lot of different things, to be on, in plays and to go and act and to be in front of, to, to be able to deal with any kind of spotlight, limelight. So I, I was uh, pushed in a lot of different directions. And sometimes it was frustrating because I never had any free time to do what my friends were doing, but uh, it helped me out. So, and even now I'm not like a master, you know, of uh, <clears throat> like, I'm, I don't, I'm not a billion dollar businessman, right? It's not like I have a yacht or a, or a private plane. So I wouldn't say, uh, it depends on what, what, how you define mastery, but within, given my circumstances, given my struggles, given my journey, I think I've had very good success and I'm proud of that. And I could have probably had a lot more success if I'd done certain things certain ways, but uh, you, you have to do, you know, with the context of your life and your upbringing and your, your journey and your life. And I've been able to come a lot of uh, different challenges. So I'm happy with, uh, with where I am. And, uh, you know, obviously I want to have, have places to be um, miles to go before I sleep. So, uh, it's not just I, over the years I've learned that in, I, I've tried my hands on a lot of different things, but they all come back to uh, the core niche of digital marketing, right? So podcasts, it's about my podcast, subscribe me.fm is, is about promoting 
my business my and promoting my coaching program and so about promoting my products and services and i don't have any other additional sponsors i'm my best sponsor right when i have so many products and services why worry about promoting somebody else uh, I, I do promote some affiliate links for tools and services i use but other than that my i'm my main sponsor and same thing when i write my books it promotes it, it's always about it's like a uh, like a vicious circle, but in a good way, right? Um, I don't like using this word, but it's synergy. So the content I create for my Kindle book uh, becomes a podcast episode, then that goes into a blog post, and then blog post goes into my podcast, and that goes into a Instagram clip or, or a social media video clip, and if that goes on, on Facebook post or, or Twitter, and so on. So there's always a lot of repurposing going on, and when you when you're constantly when you're focused on one niche and not waking up every day with a new shiny object because you know a couple of years back it was bitcoin and then every year something new comes around and people are constantly a lot of people are hopping around from one thing to another trying to find uh, something that works but they can't get it to work because they don't go deep enough so you have to be able to go deep. And I have the saying, you know, go deep, uh, not wide. And you have to be able to go deep first in order to hit oil, because if you dig 10 uh, holes in the ground that are each two feet deep, you're not gonna hit oil. You have to go deep into one, uh, you have to dig deep on, in one hole to, to be able to hit gold or, or oil or whatever it is. So it all depends on circumstances everybody's circumstance is different that's why i do very well with coaching because i'm able to empathize with uh, my coaching clients a lot of different backgrounds a lot of different um, uh, success levels some people have never made a dollar online and they don't know what they want to do they don't know what they want to sell and on the other end uh, i have people who are making a few million dollars a year and they want to know how to take it to the next level. So I'm able to identify with both levels. Uh, you know, obviously I'm not going to coach a billionaire because I, I'm not a billionaire. Uh, so I wouldn't uh, claim that I know better. But you know, I can go to my my ceiling and 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 say, okay, I can coach from this range to this range because I have experienced how to become an becoming an entrepreneur, how to focus, how to be productive how to, whether to create products first or audience first, how to build an audience today in 2020 when there's no such thing as organic traffic anymore on any of the platforms. What, what should you focus on? How do you build a list? So you have to constantly work on so many different things. And that's where my journey has, has been very helpful because I've gone through a lot of different highs and lows in my own career. Hmm. And how and you there's a saying do you follow the saying where there's no such a thing as you either win or you learn do you follow that sort of quote say that again with you, the mistakes you've made or things that have happened that haven't gone your way do you follow the mantra of um you win or you learn oh yeah absolutely absolutely as long as it's you're doing something Again, it, it comes back to pushing in the right direction, right? If you're pushing in different directions every day, your car is not going to move forward, right? If your car is broken down, you have to push forward in one direction. And you, as long as you're pushing forward to your goal and you're, you know who you are, you know what your goals are, that is key. You know what your niche is and you know who your audience is. It doesn't matter. You can experiment within that niche. Like I can, I can do a podcast, I can do a video one day, I can do a course, I can create a paid course, I can do a create a free course, I'll send a free email to my newsletter, uh, subscribers uh, with, with a lot of great value. But it's, even though I'm not doing just one thing all the time, I'm able to, it's still all within the context of what I do, like digital content marketing, digital content delivery, making marketing and monetizing digital content that's my niche and that's what i help people with and that's what my podcast is about that's what my books are about it's all about you know creating kindle books and creating podcasts and everything all the training and everything so you have to push in the same direction which means if you don't win in one certain things you're still learned and you're still move, move forward you're not standing still because if i do something to uh 
to a, a new asset if I create like a blog post, right? It's, it's not a waste because I may not get uh, massive traffic from Google, but it's one more thing that refreshed my blog. It, brought, uh, it, it made Google aware that I'm, I'm creating new content. So SEO, it helps a little bit with SEO. Now I can take the blog post and which was not in by itself, not considered quote unquote successful, right? I didn't win with the blog post, but the blog post content that I wrote, now I can repurpose this, repurpose it into 20 different options, right? Like it'll, it can be a chapter in my, in my Kindle book. It can go on a Quora, Quora post or a Reddit post, or it can go in, in a Facebook post or um, on, tw on Twitter as a comment thread or in some forum. So I keep a, a file, notepad file of every single thing I write whether it's a simple comment on Facebook or in a forum or a tweet, I have, uh, let me see, let me look it up. I have a file called social posts. Now how about uh, 16,000 lines of, of content here? Um, and I have another thing called tweets, which has about 2,000 2, lines of uh, 2,000 tweets. And then, so I have all these SEO files and they have, I keep a track of every single thing I type online and at some point they all go into some form either it's my blog post or podcast or youtube video or or email so it always gets repurposed so there's no such thing as you know instant win with anything it's it's a slow process now from from someone that's listening in the podcast and like we can see that you're quite uh you're very hard working man you're very focused and you work it's all geared towards digital marketing and though it appears that you're mastered different things it's all in one area but these other areas help you achieve what you want in that area um what is something that would surprise people about you that's taking to where you are like arnold schwarzenegger when he was mr olympia he did a bit of um ballet or gymnastics to help with his poses what 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 have you done or what is something about you that people wouldn't expect has taken to you to where you are? Uh, it, just like a thousand different things. It's very hard because, you know, the, the, the amount of sacrifices, I guess, would be the, my biggest thing because most people would not be able to make, you know, that level of sacrifices or because they, they may have different situations. They may not have had the same constraints I may have had, right? Because I wasn't born here in the U.S., um, English is not my first language, native language. Uh, it's not my first language. Uh, so everything is, is being translated in my head. I've had an accent. I still have a, a huge accent uh, compared to, uh, you know, the, my, my niche core audience who, who are Americans. U US, UK, and Australia are probably the three biggest in Canada, right? And compared to them, I'm, I still have an accent. I speak with an accent and uh, not always articulate enough. So. And then everything, everything comes with a struggle uh, because I have to, I had to work for 10 years instead of growing my business because I had to keep a job and only, that was the only way I could get a green card and the green card was the only way I could quit my job. So it's like, you have to, it's like you have to be in prison for 10 years so that you no longer have to be in prison, right? That, that sounds so silly, but that's literally what I had to go through, right? First 10 years of my life, I had to be in prison in the, in the US because so that I never have to be in prison again for the rest of my life. You know, that, that's a very hard sacrifice and uh, it, it, it takes a toll on your, on your health. Uh, it takes a toll on, on, on so many things. But again, when you are so uh, singularly focused on what you want in life and doing that thing all day, every day brings you joy, then it's no longer work. So I do not, you know, I would next, if I did this a hundred times again, I would do this, I would follow the same path because I cannot skip any, any steps because every step skipped takes away something from my, my psyche, from my background, from my, from my skills. So just my parents would never have imagined that, you know, I was capable when I was younger, I was lazy, I slept a lot. I was never on time. I was never a good student. I was never uh, about math or science or anything like that. And they could not have imagined how my life changed 
uh, once I got into the internet and programming and websites and development and so on. So you, you have to give yourself a chance and to constantly keep moving forward and doing, like I said, say yes to more things when you're younger because you never know um, what your, where your true calling is. You never know what, what uh, gets you excited. And yeah, so uh, my ability to, to sacrifice uh, basic human pleasures and, and laziness, you have to sacrifice laziness, you have to sacrifice uh, your casual hobbies, everything you have, having, it's like having two jobs or three jobs, right? Because I used to work from, I used to uh, leave home at around like five o'clock um, and then I used to come back home around seven o'clock in the night, seven, seven thirty. And then um, my wife, she, she was in a very senior position position and she was, uh, she had a big team. So she would come home around nine. So I had like my, I had my father-in-law for help at times. So we would sit down and uh, I, I help uh, with my kids do the homework. And then my wife comes home and we, we talked a little bit and we watch a, maybe watch a, half of a LeBron James game on TV and then she goes to work back to work because she was also you know I, I got my a lot of my inspiration from her because she was super passionate about her work and a lot of the times I used to get inspired by her work ethic and how much she worked how hard she worked in spite of her success in her field so I was like yeah I gotta do the same I gotta I gotta bring my A game here because I'm not gonna be uh, left behind so I was trying to match her intensity. That gave me motivation. And then we would both start working at 10, 11, and uh, uh, she would work till like one o'clock. I would work till like two o'clock, 2.30. And then literally like three hours later, I had to get up and be out. And then I would catch a little bit of sleep on the, on the subway sometimes on the, the train. If, if, I had, if I had four, four and a half hours, that was, that was considered a good day of sleep. So, um, and then I would write my books my first book it took me like almost uh, you know two years of writing on the train little by little couple couple of chapters um, every week sometimes one page sometimes half a page a day so yeah uh, I would say that's that's my biggest skill being able to keep the main thing the main thing and go after it like there's no no tomorrow and, and that's probably also why um LeBron James and like Kobe Bryant and all those people, they're able to put the work in because they don't see it as work. It's like Angelo Dundee when he was coaching a lot of people. He has to make it fun for them to want to do it. Even though it's hard, he has to make it entertaining. And that's probably why Kobe and them do it. Because if they didn't like it, they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, it has to, your life has to revolve around it. it it's like, it's like uh, air and water. You can't feel like you cannot breathe without it. You have to have that level of commitment. Um, and then everything else comes automatically follows. When you have, it's people fall off the wagon or, or just get bored or get distracted when they don't have a big purpose. You know, always, you know, uh, start with your why, right? That's, that's critical. You have to know well, what is your goal? Why are you doing it? Who are you doing it for? And for me, it was important for, for me to to spend more time with my family because my father set that example for me and i had to do the same i could not i could not imagine myself uh working for somebody else my whole life and and being an employee and uh taking you know instructions from somebody else i wanted to have the freedom to to launch a new product or whatever it is so all my failures and successes i wanted it you know i was happy with uh, being responsible for it would you describe a lot of like entrepreneurs as sigmas? Depends on how you define sigma. Sigma sort of someone that goes out there. Like most of us, most people decide to do the nine to five job, even though they hate it because it's safe and secure. But a lot of people, entrepreneurs, a lot of them, they, they, they say, this isn't the life for me. I'll do my own thing and I'll make a living from it. And I feel that that is sort of a trait of a sigma, which is you go against the grain, you do your own thing rather than what the crowd does or a particular right. society structure. Yeah, there's this, there's this popular saying, uh, I forget who said it, you know, entrepreneurs are the people who um, 
who'll work 80 hours a week so that they don't have to work 40. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is that is amazing. <laughs> yes. Right. So yeah, it's harder. It's it's easier actually. You know, sometimes with the pressure, you know, you can literally sometimes leave your work at, at work um, when you're when you're in an employee and depending on a situation. Uh, obviously, you know, there's always going to be some fires to put out, or you have to work on the weekends. But for the most part, you you can uh disconnect at some point for how long how much you know it depends from job to job and your position and so on but for the most part you can disconnect from your work a, a little bit but when you're an entrepreneur uh it's it's a lot harder because there's always so many so many fires to put out so many people to deal with uh and so many projects going on and you don't have a huge team of people like you would if you were leading a team at, uh, of people at work you know, they're each of them are getting paid between hundred thousand to three hundred thousand dollars, right? And they're all professionals and masters at their task, and you just have to delegate and do this and you're managing a project, right? You you have experts take care of that, but when you're running a small business, and if you're making, I don't know, right? Like if you're making in the beginning, say two thousand dollars a month, right, or thousand dollars a month, you don't have the money to pay some an expert to come in and do something. So which means you, you end up spending more time doing it yourself, which means you learn a lot of things you don't want to learn and you, you will probably won't be good at most of those things, right? So a lot of things are, it, it comes down to um, entrepreneurs, it, it's, it's very difficult because you, you never know at what point somebody burns out. Because it's, it's, it's interesting to say, uh, because remember being a freelancer is not the same as being an entrepreneur. Because you can still quit your job if, if you're doing, say, video editing or let's say audio editing for podcasts. If that's your job at work uh, and you're, you, you're working for an agency and you're getting paid for 40 hours a week or whatever and 2,000 uh, hours a, a year, let's say you have a solid paycheck. And if you quit that job and now you start editing for people from home, that only makes you a freelancer. It doesn't make you an entrepreneur because now you still have to do what you're doing, but you also have to do all the other things that come with it, like finding clients, the pricing, the positioning, the sales, the sales and marketing, and then fulfilling and, and dealing with the, the, the other people in, because before at work, you could do your job and pass it off to another employee <clears throat> who could do their job and go on. Move on, but now you're the guy. You're the social media guy. You're the you're the guy. Uh, you have to create the Instagram clips. You have to create the audiograms. You have to do the marketing. You have to post it. You have to do the Twitter, and you have to find new clients, and you have to pay them and invoice them, and you have to make sure they're happy, and you have to figure out how to productize your business because if you're just doing hourly thing, then you're not going to make money, enough money because you know they just pay for. Uh, 20, uh, you know, they, some people are charging 20, $30 an hour for our editing, right? If you, if you edit four podcasts, now you're, you're like, okay, you made $120. How's that going to help, right? You need to make $5,000 this month because you have $2,000 of insurance to pay for and your rent or mortgage or, and, and, and all these other things. So now you suddenly go from being a freelancer from, from a person who just had to do your job, now you have to wear 20 hats. And that is the hard part because you have to, you have to uh, put on a lot of different hats and you have to bring the business as well as do what you are good at. So that's, that's the hard part for, for a lot of people because they can, if you just told them, you can just do this all day. Some people will say, man, I wish I could do this all day out, you know, and work for myself. Well, it's not that simple because you cannot do it all day because you won't have that many clients. <laughs> so you need to go find clients. So you cannot do it all day, which means now you start, you know, trying to figure out how do I build a list? How do I build an audience? How do I promote myself? How do I build an audience on Instagram? How, what do I do about Twitter? Should I start a YouTube channel? Should I start a podcast? So now you instead of doing one thing now you start doing 20 other things and that that takes away from your core competence competency yeah 
So it goes on to sort of two questions that I want to ask you that sum up the podcast. What sort of advice would you give to younger self? And what is a quote you like to live the rest of your life by? A quote that I've loved, which once my father said, I, I think he got it from somebody. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a janitor cleaning toilets, be the best damn janitor there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> right? So it doesn't matter what you do try to you know obviously i'm not going to be the you know i'm not the best greatest marketer alive so i haven't reached those heights but you know that's something to keep at the back of your mind doesn't matter what you do try to strive for to do it well to strive for for greatness you don't have to be the number one person in the world to be successful you can be a 10,000th marketer in, in the world and still be very successful because you know if you make uh, way more than what you need if you you know, obviously, if I wanted to buy a, a, a basketball team, I don't have the money for that. But I have money, enough money to, you know, buy all the cars I want, the, the a nice house and go on the best vacations. That's enough for me, right? I don't need to buy a jet plane for you know, $20 million. I don't need to buy a basketball team for $1.5 billion. So, so based on that, uh, my my needs are if I can meet my needs, I don't need to be the top X in any field. I can still make a very good living. Uh, I love the uh, Kevin Kelly's quote of one thousand true fans. So that's 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 what motivated me because, and and the cool thing was I I learned about one thousand true fans way many 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 years later after I had actually used that concept myself. I, so I wish I could I had come up with that beautiful concept. I'm a huge fan. Uh, of uh, just worrying about 1,000 true fans and you don't need anything else. You don't need millions of followers. You don't need millions of Instagram followers or millions of podcast downloads or tens of thousands. Of, you just need 1,000 true fans. That's it. And whatever you need to do, you, you don't have to get them all on one day. Every day, uh, do your best to, to, to gain one more fan, one more admirer, one more person who respects you, one more person who will trust you because you only say the things that you believe in and uh, you don't say things, you don't uh, exaggerate, you don't fake stuff, you don't show yourself more than uh, who you really are, you don't exaggerate your results. And you know, sometimes the uh, imposter syndrome comes from people trying to show themselves as more than who they are. If you never exaggerate anything, if you're always honest, if you're always authentic and you're only sharing your results and not trying to make yourself look like you're some big shot, it's very difficult to have a, uh, to get into the, to get the imposter syndrome. I mean, people will still have it. I'm not downplaying that, but I'm saying in general, imposter syndrome only comes when you show off this amazing life on Instagram and inside you're going through divorce or you're having a miserable time, you're breaking up with somebody or, or, but you're always have this pressure to show yourself as a happy, successful person, or you're trying to show way more that you're way more qualified than you are by, by, you know, by inflating results or exaggerating your results or your, your finances or whatever it is. That's when you get the imposter syndrome. So if you're just sharing what you are doing and you're being authentic every day, you, you just your goal is to just to reach people and provide them value. If that's all you do, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, I 100% agree. But it's a, it's a lesson that not all, not all of us know. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 is that, what is the other thing you asked? No, um, you, yeah, it was the quotes, but I think you answered both of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. I tend to ramble on sometimes. Um, the only thing that I'd like to ask now is like, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, sure. Check out my podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a podcast listener. So check out my podcast at subscribe me.fm. 
uh, just search for the word subscribe me.fm as one word in your favorite podcast app it is on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify everywhere you find podcasts and if you go to my website subscribe me.fm you can find all the books i've written seven of them so far i'm, I'm working on my eighth one right now i'm about 100 pages in um and uh my plugins my podcast my youtube channel my coaching program everything you can find out you can get on my email list and i send really good stuff i don't spam you know once once a month or so i send out an email i'm trying to send more more emails that's part of my goal for this year uh, upcoming few months and so it, the best of everything i have you can find it at subscribeme.fm Hmm. Well, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you very much for appearing in the podcast. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're most welcome. And thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity to, to talk to your audience. And uh, I have so far, like I said, I've written seven books. And uh, if you're any of your listeners, if they email me at uh, Ravi, that's R-A-V as in Victor, I, at subscribeme.fm, I'm happy to send any one of those uh, Kindle books for free as a PDF. So that's, yes. that's a special offer for your listeners. Oh, thank you very much. Guys, listen back home. Free book. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, I'll share as much as I can. Um, and yeah, just best of luck to you and your family for all this. We've got the vaccine. So it looks like things are finally going to be lifting up. <laughs> Thank you.